if I am in Christ and, 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 and regularly receiving from him his gifts of forgiveness in life, and I am a, a, a disciple of his, then that's, that's going to also impact my sense of worth and identity as an individual, but also as a parent, a husband, and a, and a father, so that I'm willing to risk speaking the truth in love. All right, well, welcome everyone to another episode of Every Moment His. Um, I'm Pastor Tim, and I'm actually joined today with uh, Pastor James Deloche, uh, from our same same circuit, same same city, uh, just down there at Zion. So first first question. It's a very serious question. Does anyone call you Pastor Jimmy D? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's Pastor Deloach. Yep. Yeah, and you know Zion's the Mama Church in Kearney. That's right. Yeah, yeah we started. Uh, this was a mission congregation, Holy Cross. Uh, late fifties, they started talking about it, and then in the sixties, yeah, it came to fruition. Yeah, I, I so. kind of wonder, you know, the the churches were so uh, fruitful at that time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, planting churches. I think the culture was definitely aligned with the mission of the church for a time, and there was kind of this this time where there's churches all over the place. Right. Um, same thing in Thunder Bay. Um, uh, there was one church that that birthed like three or four churches. Uh, Bethel up there or in uh, Thunder Bay. So that's good. So I, I would, I hope for a time when we see some more of that kind of thing. Right. That we can continue to, to push forward and take risks for the gospel and uh, meet people in new places. Sure. Yep. Well, cool. So um, today we're going to continue the conversation in the sermon. And um, Zion follows the same readings that we're following, um, and so we're looking at Matthew 10. So we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus's controversial statements um, about bringing not a uh, not peace but a sword, and bringing division into households or the effect of division in households because of his presence. But before we get to that, we were talking about dad jokes, a very important segment of the show, right. and um, we were just talking about. The a dad joke is judged. One of the if you know it's a good ja- dad joke is if when dad tells the joke he's the only one laughing. Right. right. Then you know you really got a good dad joke because everyone else is tired of it or they've it's, heard it a hundred times. It's punny, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just don't want to give him the the credit. And uh, but dad loves it. Right. Yeah. And it, John and I used to t- <laughs> Pastor John and I were talking about they get better over time too. They're like a well-aged wine. Sure. So do you have any good uh, dad jokes? Well, it, it's, I guess it's more of a story. Um, you know, people love their pets. Of course, we have, we have a dog named Milo. Used to have a cat, but it died. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my son has had a fish for a long time. But this one gentleman loved his pets. I mean, he didn't go anywhere without them. And he had some curious pets. He had, you know, the llama and uh, one of those uh, little miniature pigs that ran around. And every day it was part of their, uh, their daily routine that he would get all the pets together in order to go for a walk. 
And, of course, one of his favorite pets, too, was a centipede that uh, he, he babied and nurtured, you know, from early age on. And one time they were getting ready to go, go for their walk, and uh, the centipede is just taking forever. And they're like, come on, man. I mean, the llama's getting upset, starting to spit on people and all this Naturally. other stuff. And yep. I mean, just a real impatient crew when you get those, those types of animals together. And uh, he kept, you know, they kept crying out, come on, centipede. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And uh, finally, uh, you know, the, the uh, pet owner got concerned. So he went up and said, look, we're leaving with or without you. He said, come on, I just got to tie my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think we all have a centipede in our house if, you've, if you're a dad. Right, you've got right. a centipede in your house. <laughs> Tying your shoes takes forever. I like that one especially because it took so long to tell. Oh, yeah. You know? So yeah. people see it common and they just can't stop it. You know, that's great. Yeah. It's like an avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Of course, let me clarify there. A centipede has 100 feet. That's true. Just in case somebody that's didn't true. get the, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. So here, here's, I think, mine. Uh, here's a good one I told my kids and they kind of chuckled. So Okay. Um, but it's, uh, what did the beaver say to the tree when he moved to a new forest? It's been nice gnawing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is. All right. Well, good. All right. So let's, let's kind of get down to these uh, very, very serious, we have to transition to these serious words of Jesus. Um, Probably the most com- some of the most controversial words of, of Jesus. Um, if you if you read them and you're not um, acquainted with Jesus and the gospel, they're shocking. Um, and even if you are acquainted with the gospel, they they're they're jarring, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's remind um, ourselves of that reading. You want to read it for us, sure. and we'll kind of talk through it from the gospel according to Saint Matthew, chapter ten, verses thirty four to forty two where Jesus said, Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Hmm. Thus far the gospel. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is striking. I mean, and just even as you, as you read that, again, I was struck um, by that word peace. And the seeming contradiction that when the angels showed up, you know, and to announce Jesus' birth, uh, a whole army of angels 
um, sang a song, right? Right. Sang glory to God, and uh, the angel announced to the shepherds that this was peace on earth, goodwill to, to men. Right. And so here, Jesus doesn't seem to be saying that same thing. He seems to be saying, no, there's division. So can you give us some insight? What is going on there? Well, it's, I mean, you, you have to, two things to qualify it, I guess, is when Jesus is talking about peace, what type of peace does he have in mind? And he's talking about ultimate eternal peace. Mm-hmm. And then, too, when he's talking about a sword, uh, is he talking a literal sword Mm -hmm. that he's coming to do? If you look at the use of the word sword in the rest of the scriptures, the author of Hebrews talks about the sword of of God's word, a two-edged sword. And I I think that Jesus in his proclaiming both law and gospel to the people is— is talking about that yeah that his word the the nature the nature of of christ and his word the nature of following him above all others getting into the first commandment stuff is it's all there's no room for any other gods any other idols and so that's gonna that's gonna create division as the law works there Yeah. And so maybe, you know, when we think of peace, we might think of compromise, you know, or negotiation. Um, And there can, like, Jesus is not coming to negotiate, right? He's coming to uh, bring ultimate peace through his kingdom. And there's not really any room there for disagreement. You know, you're not going to say to Jesus, well, let's vote on it. You know, rather, he's the king. Right. And he's a gracious and merciful and, and eternal king, and so that's why he's worthy of that honor. But yeah, he's not coming to just make it like come to bring a truce with the forces of evil and with the sinfulness of human hearts. Uh, rather, he's coming to bring an entirely new existence, um, which will mean division. And and like you said, it's his word. That's going to divide people. I like in the book of Revelation, there's that image of uh, Jesus and a sword is coming out of his mouth. Mouth, right? right. Yep. And um, yeah, it, it says in the book of Hebrews, it, it divides to the soul, right? Mm-hmm. And between, um, what is it, marrow and flesh? Right. Or flesh and bone. Right. And discerning the heart. And so, yeah, it is this kind of word that it, it does divide people. Um, but it also unites people, those yeah. who believe. And that's always his ultimate ultimate goal. Yeah. Is the the purpose that he that he bears the sword of the law, uh, even t- even asking us to uh, um, worship him above our family. Yes. Is ultimately he wants to give that peace. And the way I've heard it said too is that he has to he has to divide in order that he can put himself in the middle, hmm. you know, be- between the two people hmm. so, so that there's, then they too are in a proper relationship of peace. Yeah, I think that, I think so. I, I've actually heard some people reject Christ because of these words, hmm. now, kind of like um, um, internet atheist types right. who will point to this and say, you see, look how wicked Jesus is, actually. <laughs> He's calling for a holy war. Yeah, right. And, 
you know, far be it from, from that. God forbid a holy war, you know. Yeah. But, you know, he, he looks at that. He says, I love my family. Right. I would never abandon my family. Like, I love my children. Right. And can you t- reflect on that a little bit and how this is a first commandment issue? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that love for son, love for daughter, love for mom, love for dad find God? How can this possibly be good news for those relationships? Well, it's it's good news in the sense that Jesus, everything that he asks of us, he fulfills for us as well. So, you know, he's the one who made the ultimate sacrifice for the sake, first of his father, but also for his brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. those who would become his brothers and sisters uh, via the waters of holy baptism and faith in Christ. Um, he's the one that, that does the full work for us. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's peace talk. That if you mm. want real peace with God and with one another, it's only in Jesus. His, his, so I've heard it said, too, that his word is a sword. His cross gives peace, hmm. the ultimate peace. Hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, is he asking us, he, in no sense is he asking us to abandon uh, those whom he's entrusted to us, you know, within our family, within our vocation, uh, but to keep them, to keep things in the proper perspective and priority. You know, you've heard sometimes people will say, God, family, country, right. you know, in terms of, yeah. well, that's that's sometimes that's easier too, said than done. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and you know, you talk about too uh, some of the modern day examples of this, where it's kind of turned on its head at times. Our priorities, and you have uh, you have Junior that is big into baseball, and so mom and dad sacrifice, you know, hand over foot yeah. in order to get junior get him on the traveling team travel team and, yeah. they spend hundreds of dollars yep. going and and uh you know the hotel expense everything else mm-hmm. and for these tournaments so they chase him around to all the big town tournaments and not only do mom and dad do it but i have you know i have uh colleagues in the rural congregations of nebraska and grandparents too yeah. they got to be there to watch junior play baseball and so, you know, you have these, he has, you know, you have these uh, very steady members for, for many, many years that he doesn't, you know, they don't see them for a long time mm. because they're all. Because uh, they're steady baseball fan yeah. members. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for a time. put it in perspective. Yeah. And, yeah. and what is that, what is that teaching junior about the first commandment, number one, but also. The third commandment, sure. which you know flows yeah. right out of that, yeah. Um, which is yeah, honor the honor the Sabbath and right. hear God's word, like delight in it. And you're hoping um, that they're they're attending somewhere mm-hmm, if they're out of town, mm-hmm. but the reality is a lot of times games are scheduled during that same time frame. Yeah, and that's just one example. And I don't I don't mean to pick yeah, on know, junior sports junior and, and baseball. Yeah, but, but were, sports have yeah. become a, a great idol. And and it's like. Yeah, I'm so afraid of not upsetting Johnny or not allowing him to have every possible advantage that that's controlling my decisions, even my decisions about worship. Right. Which 
should clue us off a little bit. It's like whatever we're willing to sacrifice for worship right. um, is probably where we're worshiping. Right. Or we're close to it. You know, it's very it's too close to our hearts, maybe. Right. You know, in, in Thunder Bay, there was um, a group of uh, um, Dutch Christians. They had been settled in kind of this farming area, a beautiful area. And uh, there's this one family, the Stahl family, that raised a bunch of hockey players. And I think there was four boys. Three of them ended up playing in the NHL. Wow. But they were um, uh, Dutch Reformed. I think they were United Reformed or CRC, um, Christian Reformed. And uh, they would never go to anything that was on a Sunday. Right. Because they were real strict about Sunday. So anytime, you know, people think about, well, skipping Sunday, I always bring this up because it's like, look – this family, you know, they never, they never bowed down to sports over worship. They were real strict about that, and their kids all went to the NHL. Right. So if you think that's the issue, like that's gonna make them go to the pros or whatever, I mean, it's just not true. Right. You know? And you know, having our priorities right, I mean, is such a blessing for our kids. You know, you're gonna teach them where does this gift come from anyway? Where does this wonderful sport of baseball come from? Yeah. You know, why do we get to enjoy it with our bodies and our minds? And um, So I think you you would enjoy baseball more right. if you received it as a gracious gift from God. Right. Um, good. Yeah. Have, have you seen, um, you know, I think one of the reasons that this is so controversial is because it's such a good thing, right? Parents are such a good thing. Children are such a good thing. Um, have you seen where um, it's the good things that can often become idols, and they're kind of the sneakiest idols because they're so lovely? Sure. Um, have you seen this kind of play out a little bit where, well, like you just mentioned that example uh, of baseball, but kind of this you know, ongoing ache um, of do I – follow my children and their desires right or do i hold fast to the word and um have you, i'm sure you've seen that play out a few times in your ministry oh absolutely yeah and, and it, there's just uh again it, it goes back to the first commandment and trusting that god's going to provide those opportunities um for our children you know mm. especially when we're keeping the other priorities in line. Mm-hmm. We're trusting God to help us in yeah. the vocation of parenting. And, and we're praying for them continually as well. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 you see it relationally in the family. You know, you think about those things that are most precious to us. And, of course, it starts with husband and wife. Yeah. And within the courtship there already, you know, you see this, the prioritization of what's important mm. for a future spouse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you find yourself having to compromise as a follower of Christ for the mm. sake of mm. to accommodate this relationship, yeah, you need to start asking those questions early on yeah, yeah. in that relationship before yeah. they ever, you know, get to the point of engagement or marriage. Yeah. But I thought it was just all about love, Pastor Deloche. <laughs> I mean, God wouldn't want us to be unhappy and lose that. But I, I think that's part of this, uh, why it's such, I think why Jesus goes after this with such a um, a fire 
is to kind of shock us out of it a little bit because I, I have seen and I feel the tension in people's lives when they're like, you know, my, my son or my daughter, you know, they're, uh, yeah, they're going this direction and, and, um, I think I'm going to accept it. Like say, you know, the very common example of, you know, uh, a son or a daughter pursuing someone who's not a Christian, maybe living together, moving in together, right? And not really following the way of Jesus in that, right? But you know, our love for our children, quote unquote, love, and our love of their admiration of us, right, um, causes us to have a con- internal conflict, sure. you know. And I think, especially if someone is not really fortified. And, and convicted about what Jesus is saying and why, it's pretty easy to let it go. Sure. You know, and Jesus just, man, he just says, if you're thinking that way, you're not worthy to be my disciple. I mean, he just doesn't leave any margin, uh, which is counterintuitive for us. You sure. Know, we want to compromise. And, and it goes back, I guess it goes back to the individual as well. Mm-hmm. If I am in Christ and... And, and, and regularly receiving from him his gifts of forgiveness and life. And I am a, a, a disciple of his. Then that's, that's going to also impact my sense of worth and identity mm-hmm. as an individual, but also as a parent, a husband, and a, and a father, so that I'm willing to risk speaking the truth mm-hmm. in love. And, you know, in those situations, you always, you're always going to love your family and, mm-hmm. and your children, and you continue to do so. Does that mean that you agree with them on everything? Absolutely not. Right. I mean, you're, you, part, of, part of that love is that they know from day one that you're going to speak the truth to them, and, yeah. es- and especially that as a father or mother, as a father, you're going to try to reflect uh, their heavenly father in that regard Mm -hmm. that you will you will be honest with them but your love will never end you know Mm -hmm. your love is unconditional for them uh but it doesn't mean you know you always give them what they want yeah yeah i I think that um call to like you said speak the truth in love Mm -hmm. to our children to our parents Mm -hmm. um that's a sword Right. It can be. Right. You know, it, it's going to divide in that it'll say, here's the truth. And I'm telling you this because I want you to be in the truth. Right. I don't want you to walk in foolishness or darkness. Um, I want you to walk in the light. And if someone's not in a place to accept that truth, right, they might become callous, you know, sure. harden their hearts. And, and, you know, too, it's, I think a lot of it is, is how we, uh, how we, the context of what we're saying, mm-hmm. how we say mm-hmm. it. And like you said, I'm saying this because you start with yeah. those words that they know your, your clear motives. You're not, you know, I'm not saying this in order to control every aspect of your life. Right. right. I'm saying this because I, I'm concerned yeah. and because I love you. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that, that takes maturity yeah. too, you know. I think, um, and spe- and I think it's a little bit more rare now to have that kind of a reasoned, truth and love approach because we see, 
modeled for us this kind of angry internet rant, you know, and, and we're tempted to think, well, maybe that's the way, you know, maybe we're going to go on this rant and it'll blow them away and win them over. I don't know. Well, that's the thing too, is dads, you know, we can, sometimes we can be a bit thin skinned when Mm. our kids are defiant. You know, (laughs) we're, we're thinking, uh, that they're, they're just out to be, Defiant. Yeah, how dare yeah. you? How, how yeah. dare they do that? I tell that? my kids that all the time. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But but that's when our old Adam, you know, the old Adam of dad, too, needs to be drowned and put to death mm. daily. And, and uh, I, you know, too, we every vocation, we don't do it alone. Um, and so we seek the peace of Jesus, number one, in that, in that situation. But we also pray that, that God would give, grant us the words as he promises. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That's just in the passage before this, right? Yep. He said, yep. yeah, when you're, when you're on the spot, don't worry about what you're going to say. Cause the, the, the father, the spirit of the father will speak through. Right. You. And that's great. Yeah. So that's, that's important. It is. So I think this kind of helps us to think about, yeah, if we're, if you're listening to this podcast and you know your your spouse uh, doesn't believe or your or your children are don't believe and or your parents um, you're struggling with that authority that doesn't believe in your life um, the comfort part of the comfort is that you're not alone right and that's a good comfort I think this is what Jesus is getting at towards the end of this passage where he says how however someone treats you is is really how they're treating me mm-hmm. um, and so if they receive a righteous person they'll receive a righteous person's reward if even if they give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones they'll by no means lose their reward and I was thinking about this I don't know why it just doesn't it doesn't seem like a really spectacular comfort on the surface to me and it's like, oh, great, if my feelings are hurt, Jesus' feelings are going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But I I think we need to dig a little deeper and think a little clearer about that. that you know, Jesus identifies with I us. think one thing that's helpful in that regard is, again, ultimate peace is in the cross. And there again, you got something that appears contradictory. How is it that a crucifixion is a... Is a uh, an act of peace mm, and restoration. Yeah. But in that cross, Jesus, not only does he does he die for all the times where I've wanted to compromise instead of follow him, and so I've put my family or other things first, and I have many false gods. Um, not only does he die for that, for me, but also any sins that are done against me, mm. he has suffered for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't have to suffer it. Hmm. You know, he, he has, he has uh, bore it in his body. And hmm. so in his wounds, I receive healing and peace. Um, yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. And yeah. He takes away all offense, right? right? Offense towards you and against uh, against you and from you. Right. Yeah. He's, he's died for it. Yeah, I think that is, that is good to think that, um, yeah, that, if you've been insulted or harmed because of the gospel, right. that that really falls on Jesus, you know? So maybe you don't have to take it so personally. Yep. And um, any other, you know, when we're sinned against in any other context, the way the mm-hmm. way to peace 
in the midst of that and the way of being able to actually forgive is when we recognize that Jesus has died for it. You know, we don't have to be, uh, I guess, in bondage to that. Yeah, to vengeful. That. Yeah. Yeah. And we're able to, if we lose face, so to speak, um, then so what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, I've... Yeah, um, all of our... Um, we don't have all our eggs in the basket of this life. Right. Um, well, and that kind of talks or brings us to what Jesus says, which I think is really um, kind of the mystery of the whole gospel is when he says, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it, right? If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. Right. But if you lose it for my sake, you'll find it. And it's such a complete statement, you know, it's like really every single person everywhere, like, yeah, that he's the, um, he's the way to everlasting life. So everything that's not found in him, uh, will not continue. Right. But everything that's found in him will be kept safe, restored. And so that, that kind of, if you have that vision, yeah, you're not going to be so, if you've died to this life, you're not going to be so mad if, if yeah, your kids disobey you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a little bit more peaceful mindset, you know, um, about all things. Right. And I think that's where the gospel can shine through Christians, you know, Absolutely. the light and the salt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that and, I mean, when you when he's talking about that, again, it seems to be impossible mm-hmm. to, you know, that's to, true. to lose, totally lose your life. Um you know, is he giving us again uh, a bar that we cannot clear? Right. And the answer is yes. Yep. <laughs> in ourselves. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But in him, there's only been one who mm-hmm. gave his life fully, mm-hmm. uh, lost his life that we might gain life and gain it eternally. Yeah, I like what you said that um, anything he asks from us, like he has already done for us. He provides. Yeah. Yep. Which is, it's really a good way to think about it. Like you see all of these things, they seem so shocking, and they are indeed. But then if you look at the life of Jesus, his death, he does all this stuff. Like he's not just talking. Um, you know, he was separated from his father. Yep. Um, and he was uh, to gain a new family. You know? Yeah. He was essentially, yeah, disowned. Mm hmm. Uh, on the tree of the cross, he was forsaken. You mm-hmm. mm-hmm. why? That we might never be. Yeah, and, right. And then, you know, it's, it's not only the, the things that he has done, but it's the things he keeps doing. Mm. You know, we, we have a resurrected Jesus that keeps giving us his life. Mm-hmm. And so, as Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So if I'm able to, you know, to love my family my my wife and 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 children uh and and uh be able to care for them in a proper way it's certainly not my doing mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and there's comes a time too i know as a parent and you're talking about those who have kids that have in a sense fallen away from the faith ultimately when there are things that are beyond our control you you simply commend them to jesus mm-hmm. You commend them to his keeping. You pray for them, and you say, Lord, I have no, I, I have no jurisdiction here. Yeah, yeah. I have no strength or power to be able to change these things. But I commend them to you, and, I, and grant me peace 
knowing that you're, you'll take care of it mm-hmm. in your time. Yeah, I think, too, um, as, as Jesus promises that, you know, when the time comes, he'll be with you to speak. Right. You know, I think part of it is as a disciple of Christ and suffering in this way, um, that we would also pray that those opportunities might come. Right. And that we might be ready to speak according to the spirit rather according to than according to the flesh or right. anger uh, because that just kind of does more damage, you know, be- because we are, I mean, we are upset because we're, we're afraid. Right. You know, I think of my family members who have left or, or never been really in the faith, but especially those who have left. And I think, well, I am kind of mad, but it's not really anger. It's I, I don't want to lose you. Right. You know, and so sometimes that comes out with frustration. Sure. But that's not really the way to go. You know, the way to go is truth and love, you know, speaking peace, but a specific peace, the peace that's in Jesus um, to them. Yeah. So good. Well, um, I appreciate the the conversation, um, just trying to think through these words from Jesus and... um, trying to really uh, bring them in to us, you know, try mm-hmm. to think about what that means. And uh, I do think that the family is really the stage of the theater of where a lot of these conversations are happening and a lot of these tensions. And so maybe if you could just give one more encouragement to somebody who is walking in this, you mm-hmm. know, what, what way would you encourage them? Well, I, I think, first of all, when you're your children are younger Hmm. you start this from day one with them in terms of this dialogue uh, and trying to and exemplifying for them not only with your lips but with your lives exemplifying this type of prioritization that Jesus is talking about what are the main things and then taking the time instead of a lot of times we're trying we're so busy trying to make a life for ourselves and our family mm. that we forget about the life mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. in Jesus. And so that that's always a, a focal point early on. And, uh, you know, you do your job in that regard. And, and when the time comes later on that, that, uh, you need to have those more difficult conversations, you have a, a skeleton or a, a foundation to, from which to draw upon. I think that that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to, you look at you look at the world today, a lot of what's going on in terms of the divisions and the, uh, in a sense, anarchy and uh, assaults against any form of authority, et cetera, mm-hmm. and, and general lack of respect, too, on the other side, a lot of that, it, it 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 goes back to the family again and there is hope but where this hope comes from is not within us this hope is outside of ourselves in the work of Jesus for us and through us uh it it the hope is derived and received as it enters our ears in the gospel as we mm-hmm. hear his word as we receive the holy body and blood of our lord jesus he strengthens us, um, and every time we hear that our sins are forgiven, 
there, there's also there a very therapeutic and uh, health-restoring, hmm. not only physical health in terms of our conscience, but also relational health. Yeah. Because it's only as we are forgiven that we forgive. And, um, you know, you, you, when you have that basis and that, that strong sense of peace in Christ through those means, then it, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to overflow in, in your own family and your family within the world and within society. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing is uh, within the context of the body of Christ, you know, you have brothers and sisters who, in Christ that you pray for, but they also are praying for you mm-hmm. along the way mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. that you, you truly are in it together. As one suffers, all suffers. When one rejoices, all rejoices. And, th- th- I mean, that's a great gift to draw upon. You yeah, know, it you, is. And, and I know you have, you have those uh, dear brothers in the faith and in the office. Yeah. That, uh, honestly, you know, I, I, I'm, I have four other brothers biologically. And there, there are about the same amount that I'm closer to them than I am mm-hmm. even my own biological brothers. To your, your pastor brothers. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean that God provides. Yeah. He provides that for yeah. us. Yeah. I think it makes me think of uh, the gospel of Luke. There's a parallel passage and it's become one of my favorites. And especially as we moved um, long distances to, to be part of the ministry and then up to Canada for right. six years. And sure. But, um, you know, Jesus says, "Who I tell you the truth, you know, whoever has lost father or mother or son or daughter or family, brother, sister or lands, you know, will receive back a hundredfold, both in this life and in the, in the life to come, along with sufferings. So he adds that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that little thing. Yeah. But, you know, he does promise that he will restore if there is a loss. Right. Like, say you do end up losing a relationship. Right. Um, he will not um, look away from that wound, but he will restore it for the, the sake of his name. And I found that to be extremely true. You know, I found that to be, I have found um, brothers in the ministry, you know, mm-hmm. that are uh, closer to me in many ways than my biological brother, who I'm very close with, and um, even mothers and fathers right. in, in the ministry too. Sure. Um, I think of uh, one of my dear friends in Thunder Bay and, I was preaching about this thing, and then after the service, she said, "Okay, son, I hear you." Uh, you know, and yeah. she just really is. She's like my mother, you know. Yeah. And that is something that maybe if you've never seen that blessing, right, you should start looking for it because it, it really is a beautiful thing yeah. to be pulled together in Christ. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. It's my, been my pleasure. Yeah, and you're gonna go golfing in Arkansas next. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you call it that. Yeah. <laughs> I like to. My job is to drive the cart. And I I hit an, I hit a ball occasionally. Yep. If I'm playing well, I'll I'll swing more. But I, it's uh, the main idea is to relax. Yeah. And uh, be with some good friends. And yep. Just get away for a bit. It's been an odd spring. You know? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're getting away. Yeah. It's so uh, it's it's good to just uh, put my mind at rest. No kidding. For a bit. Yep. But good. Well, enjoy that. Um, Thanks for coming along, listening to this podcast, and we're going to be back here 
Uh, next week, we're looking at the episode of John the Baptist and his fate as a follower of Jesus. And so that's going to continue in our Rooted series here at Holy Cross. Uh, thank you to Pastor James Deloche from Zion, and blessings to all the saints at Zion. Amen. Peace. Thank you.